0: So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay?
1: Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup, Ha Ha Okay. I'm Miss H, and today, Mr. O and I will be discussing the Season 5, Episode 7 of Love After Lockup. In this episode, Kevin and Tiffany fight over the other women, Antoine and Lacey go golfing, Radine insists on not staying with Rick... Kayla buys Martel $300 worth of cleaning supplies, Chance tries to make things right with Bobby, and Branwyn and Chaz get married. If you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day Mk, teachable moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O.
0: How are things going with you? Uh,
1: things are going okay. Um, I feel like we're starting to see the light... At the end of the tunnel, because of spring break just being over,
0: um, your tunnel is much shorter than my tunnel at oh, this yeah, point. I have a lot. I have a lot more tunnel left than you do. But yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping for. Whew. I mean, my seniors are almost done, and that's going to be. Th- it's gravy after that. It's so easy after that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start off with maybe on a happier note. So let's start off with Chaz and Branwen. So, Branwen and Chaz are getting ready to leave the prison parking lot, and Chaz is trying to shove his tongue down her throat while Branwen seems a bit hesitant and pulls back. Branwen tells us the reason why she's in such a hurry to get married is so she can move to Kentucky to be with Chaz. Chaz tells us that he spent like eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000 on Branwen, which means it's probably a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's so worth it. They pull up to a park, and Branwen goes to change in what she refers to as the world's dirtiest bathroom, and she's saying that by prison standards, and throws away her prison sweats. They are in matching black sweatsuits, and Branwen puts on a veil. They meet the officiant and get married. Branwen tells us that she's excited to start her life with Chaz because he seems like a good man, and also seems like someone who won't cheat. When it comes to their wedding kiss, Chaz comes at her tongue first again. During a commercial break, Branwen puts on her fake lashes, and Chaz is amazed at the significant difference it's made in her appearance. Okay, back uh, after the wedding, uh, Branwen is staying with her friend Jessica's baby daddy, whose name is Mike, uh, while she's still in Oregon. Chaz is a little worried about her living with another man, but Branwen, she assures him that there's nothing weird going on there. And there's a guy code, as she puts it. Uh, Branwen is excited about her room, and Chaz and Branwen are laying on the bed. They're unable to really start anything, because her roommate Mike should be home any minute now. Branwen says that it's awkward kissing Chaz, because it's just not familiar. Branwen is nervous for Chaz to see her naked body also, because she feels like she's put on weight and she's not quite comfortable with herself. Chaz is questioning Branwen more about her relationship with Mike, as Mike comes home and Branwen tries to scoot Chaz out the door. All right. So do you think that Chaz is going to have insecurity and jealousy issues even now that they're married? Because one of the things Bramwen did say is that she also got married to make him feel more secure about how she felt about him.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely one of those things that people think that, um, you know, doing this thing, taking the step in getting married is going to make those go away. But it really doesn't. It's one of those things that changes everything, but also changes nothing. Marriages, Mm -hmm. right like it you know changes your your status the legal issues that are coming up you know uh not what you're responsible for what you you, how you go but at the end of the day you're still the same people in the same relationship and if you weren't totally secure about it before then you aren't going to be totally secure about it later right it's not like she's telling him anything now that she told him without actually going through with this wedding immediately you know she was still i'm sure she was still saying i'm not gonna cheat on you there's nobody else like those things are still there and i think it'll give him a momentary maybe comfort but those things will start creeping back up
1: right i think uh there's a couple of things here like one i do agree that it puts some kind of level of um some kind of security because you know you shouldn't have that type of relationship with just anyone. That being said, let's also remind ourselves that this is Chaz's fifth wife. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know he feels good about the fact that this is her first marriage. So to him, it feels like, you know, she's never made this commitment to anyone else. So therefore I am the best of all of her exes. Um, but the other thing too, I think is really Knowing how the individual person feels about marriage in itself, because I feel that there's certainly people out there that, you know, want to be in a committed relationship and they see marriage as being kind of the next natural step. But they also don't see marriage as being this permanent thing where it's just like any other breakup. If they just felt like they didn't want to be with this person before, then they'll just get divorced.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it. And you'd think that would come from somebody who has five different marriages, right? right. That, that That's kind of like – so, yeah, when you say it like that, you're like, oh, well, I guess to him it's not that huge of a level of commitment, right? It's the kind mm-hmm. of like – it's the um, – I don't even know what normal people would say would put that kind of commitment. I don't know. No, meeting parents? No, I don't feel like it's that. I feel like there's plenty of people who haven't introduced five people to their parents,
1: well, I was going to say, I, th- I think it just depends on the person because you're right. I'm sure there are situations where it's like, well, meeting the parents is a big deal, whereas other people just have such a casual relationship with their parents and they see them all the time that it really isn't that big of a deal. You know, yeah. so I think it just depends on the individual person. I do think there is some level for Chaz where he does find comfort that she's never been married before.
0: Right, right. Well, I think that's always a, that's always the thing. It's easy to find If somebody has a past that you are, I wouldn't say not comfortable with, but, you know, a past that's different than yours, um, Mm -hmm. then it definitely is a kind of, you know, place of comfort or a healthy way to think about it, to be like whatever their past was, now they're choosing me, right? And now they've committed to me and they've said, I only want this anymore. And that is definitely a healthier way to look at it than to worry about like all the things, well, you're going to want your past back and you have to kind of take them at their word. (laughs) with what they say um but i mean because she's not exactly young either right it's not like this is this it's not like she's somebody like it'd be one thing if you're like wow this is unbelievable it's her first marriage and she was like you know 24 you'd be like well yeah it's her first marriage
1: also how long has she been in prison because i'm sure that's also preventing her from getting married or at least like
0: up until now it has
1: Yeah. So I mean I mean I think she's what, thirty seven? Something I like that. Say. Yeah. She's like that. in her mid thirties and so it's like, well, she's been in prison since she was thirty. I think that's completely reasonable for her, like this is her first time that, you know, she's uh close to getting married. Right. I do find it a little odd that someone who's never been married before and is a little bit older and therefore you would assume somewhat wiser, wouldn't just rush into a marriage for the sake of like you know, convenience, but it does kind of sound like uh, if she could have moved to Kentucky without being married to him, I wonder if she would have gone through with it.
0: Yeah. I think the logistics is the, is, is the biggest issue Um, more, Mm -hmm. more so than, than, you know, comforting him with it or whatever, because yeah, if you can't, if you can't move with him and you can't be with him and you're going to live what in Kentucky and Portland, that's tricky. Although I will say I'm impressed with him for finding that, that spot, that park if they got married under the bridge. Uh-huh. Like of all the places, you know, that's way better than when uh what's his oh, face? Sure. John. Just John was and like-
1: Christiana. Who else got married in some random park? Nicole and uh, Tia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was another random park mess. Yeah, this is wedding. one of the nicer
0: looking parks. It was yeah. right under the bridge. It was a good but camera Also, hang-
1: does that surprise you at all? Them being in Oregon doesn't surprise me that they have nice parks up there. I mean...
0: Yes, but I don't know. It just It's impressive to me that he found a park. I don't think it's just any old park you pick is yeah. going to be a nice a nice one to get married in necessarily. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on. Ah, I'll go on to the ones I didn't see very much. That was Kayla and Martel, mostly Kayla. So we first see Kayla on the phone with Martel talking about how their days are going and how – this is weird. She said something about how are your kitchen skills, and he said not – TV appropriate. So I think, oh, they have a- I
1: think he was talking about cooking up something sexy.
0: But in the kitchen, though, I think if he doesn't want dust on the stove, then he definitely doesn't want to do that other stuff in the kitchen.
1: <laughs> I think they're all metaphors for other things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> OK, but why would you call them kitchen skill? I don't know that it was anyway. Yes, it was clearly some sort of sexual double entendre. He was trying to say. <laughs> Kayla sees feels like she's able to move she's been able to move on from the stove argument, and Martel is happy to put the past in the past. So Kayla is very excited because today is Martel's last day at the halfway house. So she's gonna get him something for so he's ready to move home. A bunch of cleaning supplies. So he goes and meets his cousin Bobo and they want to make sure he can have all the supplies he needs to contribute to the cleanliness of the apartment as clean as he wants to make it. So they do at the cleaning store basically what most couples do. We see the same scene, but it's usually in an adult toy store, right? Yeah. Where it's basically like, ooh, what's this? Oh, what's that? Oh, let's shake our butts. And like, I don't know. It was playing with the merchandise and then trying to get into a serious conversation about the relationship. <laughs> so Bobo is concerned because Martel was a bit of a ladies' man. And also that when she personally, Bobo that is... Um, tried to make a relationship happen with an ex-con. It was a total shit show. So <laughs> Bubba thinks that Kayla would be good for him, but isn't sure Martel is in the right frame of mind. So then they check out and buy over $300 in cleaning supplies.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Which seemed like a lot to me. I, I'm, I'm sure, I were, of course, I, I'm just curious. I wonder how long it would take me to spend that much on cleaning supplies.
1: Well, I mean, if you're all buying it at one time. Yeah, because I, like, because I
0: don't buy it all at once usually. So if I just right. add up all my cleaning supplies, how long do I have to go before it adds up to that?
1: So when I moved to uh, D.C. for a year, I had to buy cleaning supplies. I didn't have anything. I think it only cost me like $100.
0: Yeah. That's what I would think. That's what I would yeah. think. Yeah. Because, I mean, things can be expensive. So that was, that was part of it. But, I mean, really – this is kind of the open question for the whole for the whole um, couple, right? Is Martel in the right frame of mind for the relationship that Kayla has in mind?
1: Well, okay, so something that she mentioned really influenced her kind of like getting in uh, her good graces was the fact that he apologized. And so clearly he apologized off camera. Mm-hmm. Off record. So, yeah. I mean, because when I first heard that, at first I just thought it was the oh, sweep it under the rug. Enough time has passed. We'll just pretend this didn't happen. I'm just like, oh, this is like disastrous. Right. I hate when couples do that because it's just like, yeah, enough time has passed where you realize, like, oh, this, this is still petty mad shit. about that.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> it,
1: like, doesn't make any difference. Like, whole grand scheme of things. Enough time passes. You forget that you were mad. And it's just like, okay that's all good and fine for that one thing but guess what there's gonna be more petty shit in the future and so if this is how you handle with your conflict like that is more problematic than the fact that you know like you got in a fight over whatever the hell you got in a fight over so I thought it was good that Martel did apologize I kind of wanted to actually hear what that apology sounded like because he Mm -hmm. also just based on what we've seen of him seems stubborn as hell and I didn't think he would ever apologize to Kayla
0: no, I don't either, and that's why I kind of take the apology with a grain of salt, because mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely could see it still being a, well, I'm sorry if you were upset. Well,
1: that's I'm exactly sorry. what the first apology was, right. right? And I got really pissed about that. It's like, you can't half-ass apologize. Like, oh, I apologize that, you know, I did this. But you taking it that way, that's on you. It's like, no. That's yeah, not
0: well, that time he apologized was. for something different. Like, he was like, well, I <laughs> apologize for uh, for raising my voice. But I'm not going to apologize for what I said. And it's like, that's yeah. not apologizing then. Like,
1: Right. Yeah. So, I, I just... Uh, It'll be interesting to see him out and about because clearly these people can get in petty arguments for no reason. How are they going to deal with that, you know, in the future going forward now that they've already dealt with one? Right.
0: And I don't know how people can deal with any. Like, I can't – I just don't have those petty arguments. I I don't know the last time I had an argument – approaching that level of petty
1: yeah well i think also you're a little bit more easygoing and a little bit more okay with like criticism right like if someone criticized like the cleanliness of your stove you'd be like oh yeah and then if they were like that won't stand we can't deal with like you'd probably be like okay i'll try better you know like i feel like Mm -hmm. that's how you would deal with it instead of getting like oh you're disrespecting me like how dare you
0: I mean, I definitely feel like I would be more like, feel free to clean it however clean you want it, buddy. (laughs)
1: Go for it. <laughs> and I really think that would have been the best approach for Kayla as well. And I think she was kind of getting there. She was just like, you know, well, you know, you can help out if you want. You could do this if you want. But then it escalated because then she was like, well, I felt disrespected. And to be honest, like I'm team Kayla in this argument because I agree with her. But at the same time, if you're really just like trying to get along, you just got to let that part go. Just let him do the cleaning and it sounds like that's what they're going to do going forward because it was kind of I definitely got the impression that Kayla is not intending on cleaning. She is leaving this up to Martel and this was all a gift to and for yeah. Martel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll I'm kind of curious how far that goes along because it did sound like at the apartment thing it wasn't like, "Ooh, I'll take over the cleaning because it's just, you know, if I want a little nicer than this, so I'm going to clean it." It was definitely like, "Ooh, lady, you're going to have to do better than this." If you want me to live with you, you're going to have to do better, which yeah. is like, yeah, that's, that's a little different.
1: Right. It's kind of funny because I kind of see, you know, something similar happening with me and my partner. He's much, much more clean than I am. And, you know, I think about, like, oh, gosh, if we were to live together, like, how would that go down? And I kind of, like, in some ways, I'm like, it'd just be easier if he cleaned everything. Because if he's so, like, obsessive about it, like, he'll be happy with the level of cleanliness if he's all cleaning all the time, right? But then I also had the thought, at what point, though, will he get resentful that he's doing all the cleaning, you know, and – you know, be upset about that. So it's just like, hi, I don't know what the solution is. So same with Kayla Martel.
0: Yeah, I don't either. Because it is a, it, it is that thing, that resentful thing. And I don't think the, 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 the I think the the part where you get resentful is when you feel like you're cleaning up after the other person. Yes. Like that's when it, that's when it comes in.
1: Right, right. Okay, uh, another couple that's not going to be living together is Rick and Radine. So Rick and Radine's family, uh, mom, dad, and brother, uh, are all on their way to the halfway house to pick up Radine. Radine is waiting outside as her family and Rick are about 30 minutes late. Rick is trying to be cool with the idea of Kay being in the picture, but he says his trust is broken. They all go out to eat, and when asked what Radine wants to do later, Rick suggests... Netflix and chill and she tells him no and calm down tiger they're discussing where radine will be staying and rick thought she was gonna stay with him radine instead says that she wants to move back in with her dad because her dad is sick and she wants to be around to spend time with him and to help out rick says he accepts that for now uh he claims he's just upset that they had been making plans for four years and now things seem to be going different ways Radine tells him that she feels more comfortable with her parents, and Rick is suspicious that somehow Kay has something to do with this change of plans. After they drop off the family at their house, Radine asks to borrow the truck so she can take Rick home. Radine tries to defend her decision to stay at her parents' house, saying that it's a big transition, and she thinks it will help uh, help her stay out of trouble. Radine doesn't want to hang out with Rick, and so she says she's tired and wants to get back to her bed. She once again shuts down sex and says she just really feels like she needs space from Rick because he's just being overbearing right now. Rick is staying positive, saying that they're still figuring things out and things are okay. Radine tells us that she doesn't want to have sex with Rick because the last time, Rick made her feel guilty about Kay, and that and sex just doesn't go. Radine wants both of these people in her life. Alright, so who do you think Radine wants more in her life? Rick or... K. K? Yeah. Like, that's
0: pretty pretty straightforward to me. Like, I think she tolerates Rick and she likes that he does stuff for her. Mm-hmm. But like Rick's not her person, man. K is her person. Yeah.
1: She is, because she keeps on saying that. Like, K's not going anywhere. And then the other thing that I just it makes my heart sad to hear it, like, or to not hear it, I should say. But Rick is constantly telling her that he loves her and he never hears it back. I don't think I've ever heard Raiden say it back to him, you know, when he just says it, like, kind of casually, just be like, even when he was saying goodbye, he was like, mm-hmm. okay, goodbye, I love you. And she'll be like, bye.
0: Yeah. I don't even know if she hears it. Like, actually, I think she does. And I think it. that's what bothers her. It just, mm-hmm. she doesn't like, and I think she's kind of trying to push him away, to be honest, because she just mm-hmm. doesn't like that he's more into, she, he is more into her than she is into him. And yeah. then whenever you are, then somebody wanting the stuff that comes with the relationship, you know, wanting to actually spend time with you, wanting to have sex, wanting to say I love you, those things are all like, oh my god, oh my god, why are you just like uh overbearing. It's too much. Uh uh you're just uh, right? And that that's that's the way it is. That's it's somebody that she almost like she wants to love but doesn't, and so everything just feels like it's overwhelming.
1: Yeah, definitely. It uh very much reminded me of you know, the whole, like, attachment style, like, the um avoidant, you yeah. know. Oh, That's sure. A lot totally. of the same characteristics. Like, she's just like, I just need my space. And, like, if Rick gives her that space, I think she would come back. Uh, I don't necessarily think she would uh, fill the void or the time with someone else.
0: No, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, I just don't see this relationship as being on the same level as what Rick is, sees it as being.
0: No, which is confusing to me because I don't know. I kind of want more details as to why he thinks it's where it is. Like, who's the crazy one here? Like, is was, was she being deceitful in prison and telling him things that actually led him on to believe this relationship was – and it is. She He just believes this relationship is on a different level, yes. right, than, it, than mm-hmm. she does. And, or if he just read way too much into things and kind of assumed things that weren't true.
1: I, okay, my impression of Rick is that he seems like a fairly down-to-earth person. doesn't seem like incredibly delusional or anything like that. Um, I do think she must have given him some kind of impression before that things were more serious. Um, and then I can see what his confusion is because she doesn't seem like she's really that into him more than any other family member at this point,
0: right? Because like, and that—that's the thing that got me. It wasn't just Kay; it was staying with her parents, right? Mm-hmm. Rick was very much under the impression the whole time that he, he was staying with her, that she was yeah. staying with him, yes. right? Not like I think or I might this. I'm going to try to make this happen, but he was like, mm-hmm. I thought we had fully planned that out. And right now, you're telling me like, don't be ridiculous. Why would I stay with you? Right? Yeah. I I really obviously I need to be near my family. Obviously they're the ones who're going to keep me clean. I don't even and cuz even to the point where she seems to have the attitude if not the words of thinking like I don't even know why you think that. That's cr- yeah. that, that's nuts. And I you're right. I think he's down to earth enough that I don't think he made that up. Like no, he, may, I don't can think my, so he can he can might maybe be able to make up like, "Oh, I thought she was more into me. I misread the signs." Mm-hmm. But not so much that it's like, "No, you told me you were moving in with me." And now yeah. you're telling – now you're calling me overbearing for asking when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah I don't know. It's – it's I, I, I don't know what to make of her. Um, I, I definitely feel like she's kind of pushing and pulling him at the same time. Yes. And she, she doesn't know what she wants either.
1: Right. She's not really my favorite right now.
0: No. Definitely not. Yeah. All right. So, moving along. Uh, let's go to more fights. Taylor and Chance. So – Bobby is still gone after overhearing Chance talk trash or whatever about her or whatever. And Chance doesn't seem to care about it all that much. And, you know, he's like, she's an adult. She wants to leave. She can leave, whatever. But Taylor is near tears. This, This storming off is a first for Bobby. And Taylor's upset and worried because Bobby is a recovering heroin addict who has OD'd multiple times in the past. Taylor gets her on the phone and Bobby just rants and raves about how she's upset that Chance was saying she couldn't watch the kids anymore. And then she hangs up. Chance kind of thinks, I don't know, this seems like a bad situation. I think it might be my fault. So <laughs> later on, Chance is trying, while Chance is trying how in the world, trying to figure out how in the world to fold a camisole, Bobby calls again. It's been a couple days, and Chance hasn't talked to her since she took off. He says now that he overreacted to the situation and was a bit of a dick. And uh, now that she's been gone, he also kind of realizes how much she did contribute to the household. So he wants an opportunity to apologize. But since she won't talk to him or answer his phone calls or texts, he can't do that. So she says that she was very hurt, and maybe everyone living together isn't a good idea. She's on speakerphone um, talking to Taylor and Chance tries to apologize. But once he says something like, you know, I respect you, she just goes off on him for the times, all all the times that he didn't respect her. So Bobby says it's hard to live in the house right now, not just because she's butting heads with Chance, but because Taylor and Chance are always fighting too. So after Bobby hangs up, Chance wants to move on and says he just doesn't know how to deal with all these people like Outside of prison, because this is this is hard interpersonal dynamics, mm-hmm. although he didn't use those words. Right. Um, all right. So I don't know. So that was kind of something Bobby kind of threw out there um, mm-hmm. in terms to kind of, I don't know, justify her actions or kind of undercut uh, production or something. But I mean, how much fighting do you, do you get the impression that Taylor and Chance are really doing?
1: I didn't really realize they were fighting at all. So it was interesting that she said that to me because it's like, well, there's probably things that we're not seeing. And quite honestly, just given how chance has what we've seen of him, like, I'm not that surprised. Like, he's seriously getting in a fight with her over not having an appetite and pizza. Like, and Bobby was there for that argument, too, you know. So it's just kind of like, I believe that they are. Fighting or bickering or at least things are tense, um, even if they're not like verbally like yelling at each other all the time. And mm. so, you know, I uh, I feel for Bobby quite a bit. Um, but at the same time, what confuses me about the situation is I don't think that Chance was being completely unreasonable about why he was upset Even if how he showed how he was upset was just ridiculous, you know, like they walked in the house. The kids were doing whatever the hell they were doing. Like Bobby wasn't even have she didn't even have her door open, you know, like fine. You're not in the same room, but you don't even have the door open, you know, to like hear what they're doing or, you know, that parent trick where things get too quiet. You're like, come out and be like, what's going on in here?
0: Right, right. Oh, definitely too quiet's a thing. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and it was definitely a situation that you don't want to have. But I think she also is like, Bobby just keeps trying to point to off camera. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's like, OK, the kids were jumping all over the couch, just like they do when you're home, too. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. They do the kind mm-hmm. of crap all the time. Right. And it's just a matter of, you know, the doors because we don't know how long the door was closed or what was going on or if the kids mm-hmm. slammed the door shut. And so. I think she was really mostly offended because instead of trying to find any of that out, he was just mm. immediately was like, "Well, she can never watch the kids again. Can't yeah, do that, that's true. Mm-hmm. you know." And it is like, and again, we we noted, noted this at the time. He did that in front of the kids.
1: Yeah, also not good. Yeah, we said that last week. Like, don't undermine your supervision in front of the people you are supposed to be supervising because they'll definitely. Take that and run with it, right? Right, We don't have to respect you. We don't trust you.
0: But I get the frustration being with like somebody like Chance, who Mm -hmm. just reacts to everything, right? He he always has. He 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 never can kind of hide his initial reaction, and then it takes him like a couple of days to realize, like, hell, maybe that was a bit strong. Right. And, and you're always just kind of waiting for him to realize he was a dick. You know what I'm saying? Was that, that's frustrating. I
1: surprised that he admitted that he was being a dick because how he's come off, you know, like in the last couple of days, like when I have a problem with you, I'm going to tell you to your face. You know, like that kind of very, you know, I don't give a crap what you think. I'm going to speak my mind attitude. Uh-huh. It also like usually what kind of goes hand in hand with that thought is, well, I'm always right, you know?
0: and Yeah, why should I apologize? I was telling the truth. Right, yeah.
1: exactly. And so the fact that he's actually kind of going back and being like, well, maybe I didn't really appreciate all she really does for this family. And I was wrong and I was too harsh. Like, I was actually a bit surprised.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure – Yes. I, I'm sure there was an actual fair bit of not realizing how much she was doing and yes. being like, oh, my God, these kids are so much harder. There's only two adults here.
1: This right. Is, and this I is think tough. that's true of most like uh, caretaking situations. Right. People don't really realize how exhausting in more than one way it is.
0: Well, oh, right, because you tend to think like, wait, I'm the one who's exhausted. I, mm-hmm. I've clearly been doing a lot because mm-hmm. I'm exhausted and I've been working my ass off on this and not realizing that the other two people are also just as exhausted. <laughs>
1: like, right.
0: Yeah. It just takes that much time.
1: Yeah. Uh. I, I'll be interested to see if this couple stays together. It's interesting because he treats – them, like, you know, this is his family. In a weird way, there's something very like, um, natural about like him being in that environment like he's always been there I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing you know Mm -hmm. like how he deals with everything or how he deals with everyone but there's just something like oh yeah that just seems like he's been there forever like he definitely is not one of these other types where he feels like having to get used to his environment having to transition it feels like that he went in there and like just dominated like yep this is my domain
0: yeah which is probably an issue like right. its own. like it, he came in and didn't really upset the apple cart right yeah. and, that, and that apple cart is a delicate one because of how deeply Taylor feels responsible for Bobby
1: yes yeah the whole like I think she is putting Bobby's sobriety on her own shoulders in a lot yes. of ways and I mm-hmm. think that is just such a heavy burden to bear for anyone
0: yeah yeah, and it's because it's not something it's not something that's in your control no and you put really yourself isn't. in control of something that you are not in control of.
1: Yeah for sure uh, So speaking of people that are transitioning into the real world let's talk about Lacey and Antoine. So it's the morning after and Antoine is proud of how long he lasted he said that they had sex three times and he gives that sex a B rating. Lacey offers to make him a breakfast burrito while Antoine gets his first shower experience. Out of habit, Antoine is making his bed so he doesn't get an infraction, which is weird to me because he seems like a troublemaker in prison. So why does he care about getting an infraction? Well, if he's
0: going to get an infraction, it's going to be for something like more fun than not making my bed.
1: Oh, gosh. So after breakfast, Lacey wants to talk about Antoine's mom. Lacey expresses concern that Antoine's mom is drunk and maybe she'll be a bad influence on Antoine's partying. Antoine just was confused and thinks that she was thinking way too hard on that one phone call, and he doesn't think his mom influences him. Antoine thinks he needs to be given a chance to just make his own decisions. He also brings up that his exes who have beefed with his mom haven't lasted long. Lacey thinks that his mom, Christy, is just obsessed with him. Later, Lacey takes Antoine to a driving range, and Antoine is feeling just very overwhelmed with all the people, and he's just, you could see him physically getting anxious. Antoine had claimed to be really good at golf, but it ends up that that was all talk, and he might not have ever played before. Antoine had beginner's luck the first ball he hit, but then ended up doing, uh, you know, kind of up and down. But at the end, he did far better than Lacey, who didn't even use a T and like whiffed a couple times.
0: I mean, i supposed to use a T with an iron. It's fine.
1: She's good. Oh, okay. I was Not just the like, whiffing part. doing? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lacey tells us that she uh, was never able to be herself with her ex because he was so serious. And now she just wants to have fun with Antoine and possibly have babies. And she's not going to let anyone mess it up for them. The next day, Lacey suggests they go to a car lot to maybe just ask questions about, you know, what it takes for Antoine to get a car. And Antoine feels weird about it because that's what he went to prison for, was stealing cars. On the way, Lacey gets a flat tire and she loses her patience and tells him to shut up. Antoine has never changed a tire, and he doesn't want to change this one because he doesn't want to get his hands dirty. So they call someone, and they have two hours to kill, so they decide just to walk the rest of the way to the car lot. Antoine doesn't have a driver's license, so the dealer just lets him drive around the lot, and then after they sit down to talk about financials. Antoine doesn't want to put the car in his name because he's afraid of getting the plates run. Lacey doesn't 100% trust that he'll stay out of trouble, and Antoine tells the dealer that they'll come back that weekend, and Lacey just kind of shakes her head, like, maybe not. And Antoine tells her not to get him excited and then not follow through. All right, so do you think that Lacey uh, is going to win this argument and you keep her name off this car?
0: <sighs> she should. I- like. <laughs> I don't understand why her name has to be – I guess if she's paying for it, it probably should be on the car. Well, but, I
1: think if they run like a credit check, right? So – and then right. he can't afford it because he has some absurd interest rate because he has no credit. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll give you that. There, I don't think there's any way he's qualifying for that car. Right. Right. So, it, the, 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 so she might have this weird situation where her name's on the, the loan but not right. on the title, yeah. which I don't know if they do that or not. But there could be something like that. But I don't think it makes that much of a difference. Like, oh, he's going to go out on some sort of crime spree. And just because your name is on the title of a car. I don't know that that really implicates you in the crime the way she think it, thinks it might.
1: Yeah. I mean, the way I see it is she doesn't want to get stuck with the bill. But let's be real here. She's going to get stuck with the bill.
0: Yeah. No, because there's there's no way he qualifies to get that car. None. Right. Right. So if anybody's getting the, getting the bill for the car, it's her.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least, at least, okay, so they said the car was 5000 Uh and he, they said that he has 2000 from stimulus money, so that's 3000 so at least it's not an absurd amount if you're doing yeah, monthly payments.
0: That is fair, because I do remember the last time I went to buy a car, and they were like, well, we you know, because I just, I just drive the cheapest car I can get, right? Yeah. Cheapest new car I can get. Um, and... You know, look, some, some of you know, I'm looking for the cheap cars. I'm looking for the, it's a new car and, you know, $20,000 range or whatever. That's pretty much, pretty reasonable. And they're always like, well, why, why are you only looking at this? We can get, well, I, I saw your credit. We can get you 55000 I was like, I'm not buying a $55,000 car. <laughs> like, it's, it was ridiculous. I think it was, I think when they approved my credit, they were like, well, you can, you can get up to $70,000. i am like, I'm
1: not buying a $70,000 car, man. You're like, you know why my credit's so good? Because I don't buy $70,000. Cars.
0: <laughs> exactly. So it's not unreasonable that somebody with basically no money might be able to get a $3,000 loan, is what I was saying.
1: Yeah. Right, right. So, mm, yeah, but at the same time, I, I kind of feel that he would maybe be able to talk her into it because, yeah, even though he would be able to get a $3,000 loan, I'm sure his interest rate is going to be much higher than if she has a better credit score. That's you know, true. and so then he would be like, well, I'm saving all this money if you just like put your name on the loan. Like, I'll still pay you. It's not a big deal.
0: But I mean, I feel like before we can deal with him having a car, we got to deal with him being able to go a place with people. Like, where's he going to take this car if he can't even, okay. you know, handle Let's the driving Let's back range. up
1: even further than that. Let's work on getting a license, right? Like, why are we yeah, shopping for a car if he doesn't have a license? Like especially because he was uh, stealing cars. Like, is he even allowed to have a license? Is his license suspended? Is it expired? Like, you know, depending on the scenario, like, how realistic is it that you're going to be allowed to even drive a car?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because he said he stole cars off lots and everything else. Like. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea how that works. Like. You know, the driver's license is supposed to be about, you know, showing me that I can be a responsible driver. And just because you stole the car doesn't mean you weren't a (laughs) a danger. (laughs) Now, the high speed chase he had with police, that's probably going to be a moving violation on his record. Sure.
1: Right. Right. So I don't know. And I think he was in a high speed chase, wasn't he?
0: Yes. Yes. He was in a high speed chase.
1: Yeah. So maybe he can't get his license. So we should figure that part out first before the car lot. They've definitely done things out of order of operations here
0: yeah and i also i just changed the tire dude it's not that hard that that bothers me is people who and people this is people in general who won't change a tire like that's i just change
1: a tire well do you have the materials to change a tire you know what i'm saying
0: it's always in your trunk like there's definitely but in your trunk. does
1: everyone have a car jack
0: there's every car is required to have a jack. It might not be a nice jack, but there's a jack in that trunk somewhere. Really? Yes. Okay. Everybody's. All the well, cars have with Well, I would say the last
1: two cars that I've had have not even had spare tires. I had run flats on them. So I have no idea, but pretty sure the car, one car I did have, I don't think I had a jack in there unless it was like in with the spare tire.
0: It, it, no, that's where it is. It's almost always in with, it's like inside the spare tire. Okay. Like they fit in. They're they're junky. They're junky little things. But I mean, I've changed a lot of flat tires on the side of the road, and so I don't. Now the other thing, I'll, uh, the caveat I will give you is sometimes those lug nuts are tight, and like mm-hmm. people don't have the physical strength to undo them. Antoine does. <laughs> like, I know he can. He has the physical strength to be able to turn a lug.
1: Yeah. Well, I have no idea. I've never had to change a tire, so I consider myself fortunate, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I had to do one, one time I had to do it like on the, I got to an exit. I just had a complete blowout on the, on I-95. Just the good tire just exploded. And I had to like run on the rim till I got to an exit. I got, because I didn't want to get right on the shoulder of 95 and change it there. So I got like to an exit and off. That was still, that was horrifying, but I had Mm. to change it right there.
1: Yeah. Breaking down is always, it worries me. (laughs) All All right. right.
0: Last group. Okay, that is our buddy, Kevin and Tiffany. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, Tiffany is stressed out and needs a release. So, she's getting a Tyler tattoo. Kevin drives her to the parlor and drops her off with her friend, Kayla. Completely different Kayla, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we
1: have so many Kaylas this season. We got Kayla Martell, his ex-Kayla, now this friend Kayla.
0: Yeah, all the Kaylas, Right. So, this is a brand new Kayla. Um, And she says they're old friends that have drifted apart. Seems like they were friends, like, in high school, probably. Um, as Kayla had, they drifted apart because Kayla, because, um, Tiffany was getting into a life of crime. So this is kind of a reunion of sorts. So while she's getting the tattoo, Tiffany tells Kayla about what happened at the release, um, you know, with the punching out of Curtis and whatnot. Uh, Kayla isn't surprised though, because Curtis with a K is always posting things like the fights he has on Facebook, where he's now blocked by Tiffany, but, he says he's not giving up because he he had flowers delivered to a show that production yeah. was like, "What's in the box? Ooh, look at this!" So then they talk about her relationship with Kevin and like, "What's he been doing?" Is he so anyway? Later on, Tiffany is trying to figure. My favorite part about that part was of a tattoo guy was like, "Wait, what happened?" So he just punched him in the face. On your as soon as you got out of prison, what? God. So later on, Tiffany's trying to figure out where to put all of her stuff in Kevin's place. When he comes in calling her a bad girl and slapping her ass, which is, I don't know. So Tiffany thinks they have moved past the incident outside the halfway house. And Kevin is enjoying his next big step of having a female that doesn't check out at the end of every night. So Kevin has a dilemma though. He has two other women hitting him up and he doesn't know how he's going to manage juggling all three women. So he thinks that it's important to him that Kayla is trustworthy and honest even though those are things he doesn't expect of himself. And he even says, yeah. like, eh, I know it's a double standard. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Anyway, so they take the dogs out for a walk. And on the walk, um, he keeps bringing out his phone and answering texts from these other two women. And Tiffany eventually is like, uh, hey, what's going on? Um, I'm. This is suspicious. And it's not helped at all by the fact that Kevin is just an awful liar. I'm just talking to my friends. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking to my friends. So he says that he... You know, all right, you want to do this now? You're not going to be ready for this, but I'm talking to other girls because if other girls are interested, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> so the fight continues as they c- continue to keep walking these dogs. She wants to know, what, what is he say, What are you saying to these women? So he tries to change the subject and talk about, well, what about you? What, you know, what about ism? Which is his reasoning for why he needs to keep talking to these girls because how is he supposed to know – when to cut him off, she could disappear at any time. He's got to keep these women around, got, got to always have something on the line. Come on. So she thought they were on the same page about this being a, a relationship, and clearly that's not what's going on. So Kevin doesn't appreciate her double standard, which again, he literally said he had a double standard. And he says, You put me through all these things. What am I supposed to do? And also brings up, keeps bringing up Curtis and is like, Do I have to knock him out again? Which I don't know how that would solve anything, but okay. So, every time he brings up Curtis, though, she just gets madder and madder. So, he passes. So, she eventually, she gives him a dog leash and he follows her back to the house where, again, he still is like, Do I need to hit Curtis? Do I need to smack that weenie around again? Oh, yeah. So, she locks him out of the house while she throws her stuff in a suitcase and leaves. Kevin can't believe it. Like, how could she do this to me? You know how many women I have who are running me down and begging me for what I give to her and she's just going to turn around and give it away?
1: So confused. So, um, who are these women?
0: So, I, yes, I guess, yeah, my question, my first question is you know, if other people, people of the opposite gender, while you're in a relationship, keep on hitting you up and, and leave you alone, what are you supposed to say? I mean, he did it like it was a rhetorical question. Like, I I have no other choice but to keep, but to, to, no, keep messing the answer around with them. is
1: nothing. You say <laughs> nothing.
0: <laughs> right.
1: All right.
0: So he is, uh, Interesting, the amount of women he has chasing after him, I think.
1: I, I don't get it. I think he talks a good game because that's the only explanation for it to me. I mean, I guess he's kind of attractive. I say that very hesitantly uh, because I'm trying to see what other people see because I don't personally find him attractive. But, you know, no, no, he's very much people.
0: he's very much not your type. Like, no, so it's it's very and so it's it's hard to be like, well, I guess if he was your type, then he's a very good example of that type.
1: Well, I was going to say that even though he's not my type, I definitely can appreciate someone who is a good looking person that isn't my type. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just for him, he's just such a weird looking dude to me, not in like a weird, weird way, but like his haircut, like. The fact that he, like, you know, talks like he barely has his mouth
0: open. Yeah, he is like that. Uh, well, it's like he's that you know, a little bit like Boomhauer, which is yeah. another Texas person. Right.
1: Right. He's, he doesn't seem very fit. He just seems like that skinny guy who just kind of manages to dress himself. Kind of like it makes it look like he's more fit than he is. Yeah. Um, I can see that. Yeah, he does seem a little bit on the shorter side. I just don't get it. And, like, I don't know. I was going to say, the girls he attracts, they're beautiful. Like, I think Tiffany's beautiful. I think Kayla's beautiful. But at the same time, there's something not quite right with them. So we can't, you know, say just because they're beautiful, why would they ever be with him? Because clearly they have their own thing going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, none of them seem particularly intelligent either. Mm -hmm. And it's like... And, and so he's definitely not charming people with his, you know, wit and, um, you know, interesting, sparkling conversation. He's just no. like – is like a meathead, right? That's all he is.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, and then also don't underestimate a dude that drives a nice car and has a home, you know? Like – Yeah. That's going to yeah. attract a subset of women somewhere.
0: I mean, if you're putting out the vi- – uh, yeah, uh, there's a certain – yeah he he he's also going for different women than I would go for. and mm-hmm. so I' bet if if I had set my aim where he's setting his aim, I might have a little bit more success in that kind of area. but oh, like,
1: I cannot imagine you with those kinds of girls though that would be so no, weird
0: no, no, i say I take that back. They wouldn't be attracted to me they they would they would no they would be like he just he was weird. He just like talked all the time. He just like talked all the time and like, I don't know. Talk red books and stuff. I don't get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh so uh we did not hear from Indian Harry this week. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. So out of the group that we saw, who was your student of the week?
0: I, Kayla, I guess. I mean, right. I do appreciate her strategy of like, <laughs> oh, well, you're cleaning the house now. Here you go. Merry Christmas. Right. Oh, I've had it.
1: Yeah. Um, I hesitantly gave it to Chance, um, mostly just because of the improvement, right? His change in at least attitude for the sake of trying to make things right. We'll see if like, I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't genuinely feel that way. But, you know, he's just trying to make things better for a situation.
0: Right. I just, I, just I, I get I get a little bit worried that he's just the kind of person that flies off the handle over time and mm-hmm. then just and then just apologizes and then flies yes. off the handle and, and, and then apologizes. And and then it's a whole cycle. And it's like, well, you know, what you need to stop doing is flying off the handle in the first place and stop yeah. just apologizing for it later.
1: Yeah. All right. How about your dunce?
0: Uh, I went with Kevin mm-hmm. um, just because he didn't even make any sense. Yeah. Like, I didn't appreciate the like because he knew he was wrong. Like, mm-hmm. he knows he, – he, knows he was trying to keep the girls from him. And then by the time it came time to it, it was like, well, what do you expect me to do? The way you treat me? Of course I'm going to be talking to a bunch of other girls. Obviously. What else would I do? <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like that. lots of other things. All and then right. this definite thing of like, listen, I have 10 women that are lined up for, for me to give you and you're going to look that in the face? <sighs> <sighs> so it's like that arrogance and that – Like trying to turn the tables on her when he knows he's wrong. He knows he's wrong. He knows he's not supposed to be doing it.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right. uh, My dunce, I actually went with Lacey. Um, The reason why is because it was so clearly obvious that Antoine was anxious when she kind of forced him out on that golf date. And Mm -hmm. it just made me feel really bad for him. Like, this is not the way you transitioned into being around people. As he's said a couple of times now, he's just not used to being around people from being in the hole and isolated for as long as he has been. So I just I felt like even though she had the best of intentions, it was kind of like, ooh, maybe you should talk to your partner instead of just doing what you think is fun.
0: Yeah, especially because it was like. Oh, I think he was bullshitting me about being good at golf. So not only let me bring him out where there's a bunch of people, let me embarrass him and have him do something that he lied about and call him out on that in public. Right. Yeah, that's a good combo.
1: Yeah. Also, her communication with him at the dealership, too, was also like, ooh, maybe you shouldn't have taken him to the dealership if this is how it's going to go down. Like, you shouldn't be having this conversation there.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: All right. Uh, What about your life lesson?
0: Right, so the, my life lesson was at um, Tiffany. And it's like, if you're in the kind of relationship, as she seems to often be in, uh, where you might just have to pack up your suitcase and walk out, you probably should have a better plan than just wheeling your suitcase down the middle of a street. Just like, I'm just going to walk this way now. I'm going around the corner. <laughs> like, right. Like,
1: yeah. And then it was kind of weird because it didn't seem like, based on what he said, that she had taken all her stuff. He's like, what yes. about the rest of your stuff? And she's like, just give it to the other bitches. It's like, are you OK with abandoning all your stuff? Because that's yeah. literally all you own at this point.
0: All of it. It's yeah. everything she had. Yeah.
1: All right. So uh, my life lesson was actually for Chaz. Um, and, you know, honestly, other people on the cast have been guilty of this, too. I'm thinking specifically of Rick, uh, you know, and Radine. Uh, But really, just read the room when it comes to kissing or getting intimate. So, yeah. yeah, even if someone you're familiar with and comfortable with, if they're pulling away, they may just might not be in the moon, and you just have to respect those boundaries.
0: I mean, that's just in general. Like, apparently, being able to read your partner's body language yeah. when you're being intimate is a rare skill.
1: Apparently, apparently. according <laughs> to this cast, for sure.
0: Uh, part of what, also from what I've been heard from other people I've talked to. Like, so. Like, but this one is like, we kind of let it go when he went it. He like licked her face when he did, like, the You May Now Kiss the Bride. It was his tongue was outside of her mouth. It was right,
1: which is why, like, I thought she was very kind in how she described it. She's just like, oh, like, kissing him is just awkward right now. It's just because I'm not familiar. It would have been like, I, I don't know. I would have been in panic mode. Like, I'm married to this guy. We're going to have to, like, have some serious conversations about upping your skills here. Because you can't just lick my face. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You're, like, rule number one, <laughs> tongue not on the outside of anybody's mouth. Like oh, the, yeah. Rule number one.
1: Oh, that reminds me of that gross guy <laughs> made out with last year that did that. Oh, it was so, like, Sounds felt cool. like there was a Ooh. layer of, like, snail slime on me. I don't oh, even so understand,
0: gross. like, what do you – but like, yes, where do you get the idea that that's a good idea? Like I know that, you know, sexually a lot of people watch too much porn and they try to do porny things and it's like, no, bad. But at least I understand where that comes from. What have you watched where you're, where you kiss someone and your, your, your tongue is on their cheek? Like how, where did, where does that ever come up? How no, did you ever think no to do idea. that?
1: No, I have no idea. It was like, he's hanging over me. His tongue's just hanging out. I'm just like, why, why? <laughs> Yeah, he should have read The Room, too, right? I was like, I'm not into yes. this at all. Yes. <laughs>
0: It's uh, it's not even hard. Like you could, it's so easy to tell. Like oh, I'm going to try this. Nope, nope. Back up, back up. That wasn't yeah. it. Do this other thing. Okay, there we go. That's for it. That's sure. What we're
1: it's like I'm not into this, and it was very clear that uh, Branwen was not into it either. And maybe she yeah. just needs to get used to his style. But at least for now, let's back off and like, because also that's like a zero to a hundred situation for me, right? Like a peck is appropriate, especially at a wedding.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, I'm always I'm always people who do too much at the wedding is always a little gross, too.
1: Yeah,
0: like, I think it's it's, it's, it's an interesting balance. You got to have a little bit more than a peck, but it's not making out. You're not making out up there. You just right. it's a kiss. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Be classy. Come on, Chaz.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So uh, we will be back next week with the same group. Uh, maybe we'll see Indy and Harry. So until then.
0: Yeah. All right. See okay. everybody then. Bye. All right. Bye.